Some noise. Was that the was that the start of the podcast? Yeah, this is the start. So, God, let me hear you grunt. Ugh. I feel like you're really not grunting here, dude. <laughs> I want to make the chills sound. The guy, what? the chills. His yeah, good. Chills. Good, make that sound. I don't. Go ahead. I don't know how to do it. I don't. I don't want to oh butcher. If anybody knows what I'm talking dude. about, nobody knows what you're talking about. He's a YouTube. He's a YouTube voice. If you know what the chills. chills. If you know what the chills are. No, chill. Not the chills. It's a. He's a person. If you know voice. who Mr. Chills is, uh, you know, let us know. I guess because Jimmy, Jimmy, you gotta, look like you look yeah. like a you look like the lowest rank in your local militia. I, see, I don't see that's bad. <laughs> You look like um, we kind of need it since pretty much the White House is a nursing home now. So. You, oh, dude, don't do that, bro. Why are you doing that? Stay away from that I'm stuff. Joking, it's I'm dangerous, dude. Stay away from that stuff. You look like if Keanu Reeves, uh, his acting career dried up and then he moved out to the country is what you look like. That sounds fantastic, bro. Yeah. Okay. Good. Love Keanu Reeves. I'm loving the country. I mean, it sounds really good. Deal. Right, let me word it differently. You look like Keanu Reeves after his acting career fails. Still doesn't sound too bad. Switch guy. Doesn't sound bad whatsoever. Smells good in the chat. Says tracks looks like NF on a happy day. Dude, that guy's always sad, man. Do you like? Do you like NF, Jimmy? Yeah, I love NF. I love NF. His, his, yeah, me too. He's so good, bro. He's so good. Yeah, he is really good. He's really good. You know he doesn't curse. Does he not? He doesn't. He's like old school Lincoln songs. Park. Yeah, it's just a good point. Yeah, it's not crazy. He's like old Lincoln Park. <laughs> Just a curse. How about that? Mm. Does he have new music out? Right now? Yeah, right now. I don't think so. I hate your sweatshirt, by the way. What? Is that a sweatshirt? Are you wearing sweatpants, too? That's not a sweatshirt. It's actually a thermal shirt for uh, hiking. What, are you cold in your house, bro? Yeah, it's a little chilly. Yeah? Yeah. Chills. <laughs> are you wearing sweatpants right now? No, I'm not wearing hiking pants. Let me see them. I want to make sure they're not too much like sweatpants. All right, they look yeah, okay. Okay. Not they pass, dude. I can't yeah. stand sweatpants. I'm on a war against sweatpants, dude. I love sweatpants. Sweatpants are terrible. They suck. I hate them. The Philly thing. How can you not like fucking sweatpants? They, they look all... Well, yeah, all Philly things are good things, bro. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> bro, like we're the one city that beheaded that one robot, that traveling robot. Do you remember that? I do remember that. For those of you who don't know, there was this robot that was sent out by some like robot laboratory in Canada. This thing went to all these different cities and people took pictures of it and you know they were like uh you know like cheering it on and like like following it and it was like this big thing. It gets to Philadelphia and people in Philadelphia behead the robot. <laughs> they they cut off its head. 
<laughs> and then that was the end of the robot uh, travels. <laughs> Guess one thing I miss about Philly, except for your ass. Uh, cheesesteaks. Yes. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's I all I fucking miss. Well, nobody else knows how to make cheesesteaks, dude. No, it's that's very true. Like one time I went to Greece for a class trip. I know it sounds like my school was like some kind of rich school or something like that. It was like this like summer trip that you could sign up for and pay a bunch of money to go on. Anyway, so out in Greece, we were at this restaurant in like the middle of Olympia. I forget exactly where. And they had a, a Philly cheesesteak on the menu. I go, this has got to be so unlike an actual cheesesteak. I have to order it because I want to know. Uh, I want to know like what's on it. Right. So, bro, it was like. It was like a New York strip steak with like a slice of American cheese on top of it. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's just like steak and then they Don't put cheese on top of it. It's like somebody heard cheese steak and then they just did like a literal translation of like, oh, well, I guess it's just cheese on a steak. I guess we'll go with that. They do not know how to make. No one knows how to make it like Philly. No. And when you get outside of Philadelphia, unless it's like former Philadelphia people making it, you know, like there's like some yes. Philly people have gone out to other parts of the country to to you know uh start their own shop start their own shops exactly uh if it's not a philly guy dude don't trust it i mean it might be good but if you've had an actual cheesesteak and then you try it you're like Ugh. Ugh. no good no it, good. our cheesesteaks out here they're more like roast beef sandwiches and the the sandwich if they didn't call it a cheesesteak it would be decent but they call it a cheesesteak. It's not. It's yeah, not like good. they they call it a Philly cheesesteak because they know that that name. Like, oh, this is like a Philly cheesesteak. Oh my god, I gotta try that. It's like, but no, but it doesn't taste like it unless you get some Philly blood out there making them. So right. if you're out in Utah where Jimmy is, Jimmy will make you a Philly cheesesteak. I yes, I do know how to make one pretty well. A chicken really? cheesesteak, more precise. Yeah, I don't precise. know. I don't know how to make them. You don't know how to make a Philly cheesesteak? Nah, dude. Really? Yeah. I just slaughter a cow and throw cheese on top of it. What? I said I just slaughter a cow and then I throw cheese on top of it. And it's about as far as I get. Okay. I'll go with that. Sometimes I forget to cook. There's a specific way you got to make it. (laughs) I'm just going to over override what you just said (laughs) I see you doing that. That's okay. We can move on. Uh, So how you been, bro? Before we jump into the Halo stuff, how are I'm you? great, bro. I'm yeah? actually fantastic. You're actually yes, fantastic. Does that mean you're a- normally absolutely, not? Absolutely. No, I'm absolutely fantastic. Oh wow. Yeah. So there's no part of you that's not fantastic. I mean. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're not absolutely fantastic now. Absolutely, flawlessly fantastic. Flawlessly. Is that a word? Yeah. I, well, I don't know if it is, but if it is a word, it means not like like. Like it's flawed, like it's not complete, like you're not actually fully happy. You're that? like, I'm fully flawedly happy. It's like, I don't know, nobody knows what's happening. Yeah, I gotta put that out there. There's a disclaimer, you know what I mean? Oh, I see. So like virtually, you could say virtually fantastic. That means what? nearly. That means nearly. Okay, that's fair. We'll do that. Like you're. Nearly... How about you? Are you all right? Are I'm... you are you done with your job yet or no? I'm virtually, uh, I'm virtually dead. Like a dead guy. <laughs> like I've been beaten into the ground by my work. I've been Virtually beaten into. Dead. I've been beaten into the ground by my thoughts. I've been beaten into the ground. I am. I am a. Uh, I am. What's the word? 
I am hanging off of the cliff of sanity. And what are you going to do about it? Just try and hold, I guess. You know? <laughs> Just hold? Yeah. Hold the line? Yeah, hold the line. <laughs> hold the line, bro. All right. I start out my workday every single day listening to an inspiring speech from my favorite movies just to try and have some kind of motivation to get through the day. Oh, I used to do that when I went to parks. This doesn't sound like a good. Uh... <laughs> it doesn't sound good, bro. Dude, it's not, bro. It's not, dude. I don't even want to get into it. Look, again, I want to put this out there as well in case. Oh, look, nobody listens to this. I, I get that. But just in case somebody listens to it this time. My coworkers who are all my level, the other carriers, I love them. I love them to death. I really like them. My supervisors, I like most of them. I really like most of them. I had to take a breather for a second because that's the most relatable thing you told me in forever. I'll just say that. Oh, God, that was so funny. What was funny. the most relatable thing that I said? That you, you, you listen to, like, inspirational music before you go to work. Just to try and get through the day? Yes. You used to do that shit all the time. I still remember the days I would listen to that before going to work. Oh, my God. Dude, it's you got to get out. It's time to go. And, like, I change, I change, like, the wording around, too. Like in the speeches to like make it fit the post office, you know. Yeah, I'm, wor- I'm worried about you, bro. Like I'll do like the Independence Day speech, and I'll be like, "Today will no yeah, longer be known like- as American holiday, but as the day us carriers." Well, you know, and then I'll go off on delivering mail. Why it's important. I love it. <sighs> At least it gets you through the day. That's what matters. Does it get me through the day? I don't know. You t- answer yourself. If I end up physically on the other side of the day, but my brain has melted and turned into a gobbledygook blob of nothing. Have I really gotten through the day? Depends how you look at it. <laughs> yes, in some, 3D some time people, and, yes. Yeah, I'd say in 3D time and space, I've gotten through it. It's true. Look, oh my. my work is not as bad as I'm making it out to sound. It is a steady paycheck. Oh, it never is. It is a steady paycheck, and I'm happy about it. That's why I got this job. It was for the steady pay, and I'm happy about that. I would just also like to live. You know, live, Jim. You know, like being alive, living. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd I like know. to do that too. It's the best feeling in the world, bro. I'd like to do that too. You know. I know. I know. We'll we'll figure something out for you. All right. Well, in the meantime, we can catch up on some Halo stuff going on. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. Now, uh, everybody's homework was to go play through Halo 4 or watch the Halo 4, Halo 4 game movie. Um, there was also something that was put out, I think, late last week or early this week that I wanted to talk about as well. Uh, very relevant and probably the, the newest information that we've gotten about Halo Infinite um, that's kind of exciting. So, first we'll do that. Um, There was a Halo Waypoint article posted uh, at the end of last month. I did a solo podcast, and we went over the entire article. I won't do that again. From now on, I will summarize it, and we will go through it together, and I might do a solo episode to do it that way, but I will not read it word for word the way that we did uh, last time. So, um, after that was put out, there was a hashtag ask 343 little thing that they did on twitter so that way if you had any questions in relation to the blog post um they might answer your questions 
in a video response, basically. So they released the video response. Quinn Del Hoyo, who is the leader of the Sandbox team over at 343, who I personally am a big fan of Quinn Del Hoyo. He did the multiplayer for Halo 5. <coughs> Excuse me. He did the multiplayer for Halo 5. And he is currently working on the sandbox uh, for Halo Infinite. Jimmy, do you know what that means, the sandbox? Oh, sorry, it's my turn. Um, yeah, you know, when I when I start a sentence out with, hey, Jimmy, that usually means that I'm queuing you up to go ahead and answer it. The sandbox ends in terms of uh, the building your custom map and all that, or no? No, so the sandbox is just... Um, it's a way to talk about all the toys, basically, that are in Halo Infinite. So the okay, vehicles. Sorry. No, it's okay. Imagine like you're a kid and you're in the sandbox, okay? Now imagine the Halo Infinite sandbox is basically you in a sandbox with the players and with the guns and with the enemies and with the vehicles and with everything. And it's just like how it all interacts with each other. That's the sandbox. The sandbox is like all the toys of Halo Infinite that you interact with, okay? Okay. So it's a very big deal. It's a huge part of the game. Um, and so, you know, he he gave, you know, that team kind of gave an update for some of their philosophies and everything like that. Um, go back and listen to that episode. But he did give some specific uh, feedback uh, or, or, or some updates. So they asked him a bunch of questions in this one video that they had posted. I'm not going to go over the whole video, but I'm going to kind of focus on some of the highlights here. Um, so there was a question uh there's some phrasing that they put in the article about picking up equipment and they said something along the lines that equipment is earned via combat or scavenging the play space which made people think like hold on a second is equipment just on the map when you spawn in a multiplayer game or is it something where you know if you get three kills in a row maybe you unlock a piece of equipment kind of like a kill streak from call of duty or maybe like an infinite drop like you had in halo 4 multiplayer the answer is it is going to work like halo 3 the equipment will be on the map you might have to fight some people for it. And if you kill somebody who's holding equipment, you'll be able to pick up that equipment, but there is no meter that you have to fill. There's no special objective that you have to do in order to get the equipment. The equipment is for all intents and purposes, something that you pick up on the map in multiplayer games. So they were just kind of clarifying that. Uh, Jimmy, how's that make you feel? Are you, were you concerned or bothered by equipment or, or anything like that? Do you really care about that? It sounds, I guess, progressive in a way. It's I mean, not really progressive. It's exactly what they did in Halo 3. I mean, I guess. I don't know. So in Halo 4... It, it, doesn't, it doesn't do much for me, but go ahead. Ha- I mean, it, it's not a groundbreaking... I know, I'm sorry. I sound terrible, but... No, you're fine. Shut up, dude. Every time you say something that doesn't blow you away, you don't have to apologize for it. You apologizing for it makes it sound like you're saying it on purpose just to irritate people. You're not. You're, it's just not something that you're excited for, and that's okay. You don't have to apologize for that. Um, in Halo 3, or I'm sorry, in Halo 4, they had something called Infinity Slayer, where after you got a number of points from unlocking metals and stuff like that, then you would be able to call down a power weapon. That was something that a lot of the competitive people really hated because what you called down was kind of randomized. Um, and so having it on the map to pick it up is kind of legacy Halo, and they're ensuring that that continues that way. Um, one of the other things that they talked about is that the war... Oh, I actually kind of jumped down here. Let me go back up to the top real quick. Sorry. 
I started from the bottom of my notes. Okay, multiplayer versus campaign weapon tuning. Um, so something that they had asked about is whether if they affect the way that weapons work in the multiplayer, will that affect the campaign? In Halo 5, they had a big update and they changed basically the way that the BR functioned. And so what that did is in the campaign, now the BR was negatively affected and there's certain areas where you need a BR to get through it and all of a sudden your weapon uh, is like a piece of junk now and doesn't work the same way. So people were wondering like, hey, are you guys able to kind of separate those two? They are indeed able to separate those two. They are building Halo Infinite so that way when they change the way that weapons work in multiplayer, it does not affect the way that they work in campaign. So that's kind of like a good thing. Jimmy, how do you feel about that? I agree with you. All right. It's a good thing. I'm just basically going to do that. I'm just going to go through each thing and just be like, Jimmy, uh, what do you think about that? Okay, uh, something they had asked was basically like, hey, can you use a grapple shot to hook onto a banshee to skyjack it? The answer is yes. Yes, you absolutely can. It's difficult to pull off, they say, uh, but you can absolutely do it. You can use that grapple hook to stick onto a a low-hanging banshee, grab it out of midair. Uh, That's cool. That's cool. That's I'm something, down with that. that yeah, that's something fun. that we had talked about before of like, oh, it would be really neat if you were able to do this. Uh, they hear you, and you are absolutely able to do that. Um, aside from being able to do something like that, you can also use the grapple shot to pick up weapons from the ground, which is kind of interesting because, like, you know how, like, when a power weapon spawns and then there's this mad dash to grab it? Well, if somebody has the grapple hook, theoretically, they could just kind of yank it towards them, and that might make the... That, oh, it's going to be annoying. Yeah, that, that might make for some interesting <laughs> moments, I'll say. So we'll see if it works that way. Um, again, they say that it's kind of hard to do, but the grapple shot definitely works that way for sure. Um, you something know people else- are going to get good at it. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I can't wait. Because that, honestly, ready for this? Like, you know... Um, you know how we want Halo Infinite to be able to create like memorable moments that are really exciting and really cool? I feel like the grapple shot, as sort of anti-Halo as it sort of seems, because it's like, what is Master Chief Spider-Man all of a sudden? I definitely think that there will be lots of memorable moments created because of it. I actually think that that's a really good thing for Halo Infinite. So actually, I- I'm starting to really come around on the idea of a grapple shot. Um, and props to 343. I hope they implement it well. Um... Okay, something that somebody had asked was about um, there was some interesting wording about weapons that come day one. Um, and basically, the uh, the answer that, that this guy was giving is that um, post-launch, weapons that are in-game may be affected in terms of how much ammo you can carry, how much damage they put out, but the overall feel of the weapon will never be changed. So if you have a battle rifle and it works a certain way, um, it will continue to function that way, but its damage might be changed, its range might be changed, but it'll still function and handle the same way. Um, And also, they will be adding new, brand new, never-seen-before weapons post-launch. So they have a long plan for Halo Infinite, uh, especially with the multiplayer. There's going to be more weapons that are going to come later on down the road. Um, And I I know that I said they'll never change the way that weapons handle. Um, They said, like don't hold us to that but that's kind of what they're going into this like what the mindset of um somebody had to ask them about the different types of damages um in that update we found out that there's gonna be different damage types which is new for halo infinite it's actually not new for halo infinite but it's new that they're kind of like recognizing it so there's plasma and the way that plasma has traditionally worked in halo it really takes out your shields pretty quickly but it doesn't necessarily kill somebody real fast whereas regular bullets don't take down shields as fast but as soon as the shields are removed your regular bullets are going to take out an enemy much quicker think of the noob combo 
It's like, okay, plasma, take the shields out, BR, put them down. If you kept shooting somebody with the plasma pistol, it'll take forever to kill them. If you're using the BR, it'll take one, two, three, four shots to kill them with the BR. So the combination of the damage types helps you take out a player faster. There's going to be more damage types. They didn't get into it in this update. But one thing he did mention is the difference between red and blue plasma. Now, any Halo 2 fans are going to recognize um, the difference that they're using for uh between blue and red plasma so blue plasma is the traditional covenant plasma red plasma is brute plasma okay in halo 2 there were two different plasma rifles there's the covenant plasma rifle and there's the brute plasma rifle the covenant plasma rifle um well i'll actually just describe the brute plasma rifle uh against the blue one because that'll be easier because most people know how the blue plasma rifle works the red plasma rifle it burns shields faster but it overheats much quicker so something that they noticed that red plasma will it will like do more damage but it will overheat quicker so it's just kind of something to keep in mind so again they're really playing around with the idea of having different damage types they're going to do something different with hard light which is like what fires out of the forerunner weapons i don't know what that looks like exactly it sounds kind of just like regular bullets but We'll see what they do there. But they did talk about the difference between blue and red plasma and how that will affect things. Um, in the Halo Infinite um, gameplay trailer reveal, the Halo Infinite gameplay trailer reveal. Yeah, that's right. Um, there is a part where the Warthog drove over a grunt. This is actually the biggest deal to me. There is a Warthog that drove over a grunt, a suicidal grunt who had plasma grenades in his hand. When the Warthog ran him over, it exploded, and the front left tire was actually damaged. Now, I didn't notice this, but Quindel Hoyo had responded to whoever uh, had noticed this, and he said, hey, you got a really keen eye. Yes, we're working on systems where the vehicles will be damaged in different ways. So, theoretically, if you were to shoot out some of the wings on a Banshee, that might affect the way that it's able to fly. Right. If there's a warthog driving and you have all of your teammates concentrate on the on the back tires, that should in some way affect the warthog. So traditionally, what has always happened with vehicles is it basically just has a certain level of health. And the more bullets you put into it, whether you're shooting it in the windshield or you're shooting it on the tires or you're shooting it in the body of the vehicle, no matter what, eventually the thing explodes because it's just an HP bar. Well, the way that they want it to work in Halo Infinite is that vehicles will be more dynamic and that if you shoot certain areas or you blow up certain areas on a vehicle, it will it will affect it differently. This has me very excited. And by the way, this is incredibly um, evolutionary, I would say, for um, vehicle play in multiplayer games. Call of Duty, Battlefield, Halo, pretty much all of them have had it where you can shoot something any part of the vehicle and eventually it will blow up so this is pretty new i think um somebody in chat just mentioned they said they did that in reach you could shoot the turret off of a scorpion or take the treads off to mess up driving i had no idea about that that's actually really interesting and really cool it looks like they took that idea for the, the scorpion from halo reach and now they're trying to apply that to every single vehicle in halo infinite jimmy what are your thoughts about that one Oh, good. So in the time 
that he was saying whatever he said last time and now he somehow screwed up his microphone how hilarious is that he's barely had to do anything this entire time and somehow he's already screwed up the one job he had his one job was to talk and just respond whenever i would ask him a question i think you're back now can you hear me now <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Yeah. You, I was like, <laughs> My bad. You, bro, what do you do? <laughs> I kicked out my uh, cord accidentally. That's oh, my okay. Fault. Well, that's okay. At least you know. Because this happened. cord's like sh- shorter than. Never mind. I'm just going to say. That's all right. Uh, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I really like the idea. And I'm actually surprised with the Covenant, especially. They haven't come up with some type of like force like. Thing with weapons where if you're running they should be like if it's an energy weapon on uh-huh. the covenant side they should be able to like almost like grab it with their with a like an energy force from far away who you should be able saying? to grab it anybody well if it's i guess it would be more of a covenant thing because since they have that's like a different technology but i just think that would be pretty cool so something that grabs the plasma that they're shooting at you no, 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 no. Like if you're running along and you have SMG or something, right? Yeah. And you see, and you, the, the, whatever the power is, you you know how you're talking about the grappling hook? Yeah. So take out the grappling hook. Imagine just like a force-like machine or something that just pulls in the weapon. Force equipment? Yeah, something okay. like that. It, it just makes more sense for that technology in my opinion. Are you talking so. about like like Star Wars, how Kylo Ren stopped the one plasma shot? coming at him uh, that Poe had shot at him in the very beginning of The Force Awakens? No, I'm just talking about with weapons, picking up weapons. Like, imagine being on the battlefield and you see someone with a sniper or, I don't know, some type of energy Oh, and you weapon. just, like, grab it out of their hands, basically? No, or, or grab it from the ground. Or that, too, but... That I actually sounds awesome. I would love to, like, <laughs> if if you could take people's weapons out of their hands, like, you get close enough if they're not paying attention, you just take the weapon out of their hand. That actually sounds really cool. It's, it sounds more legit. But I don't know. I was just thinking. I imagine about Spartans have a pretty strong grip, though, with their suits. Yeah. So I'll, I, I, I want to understand what you're saying a little bit more. What I'm saying, though. No, I'm not understanding. So I just imagine said a covenant weapon, okay? And okay. you're elite in in gaming, okay? You would be able to pull weapons off the ground without picking them up. So say it's like six feet away. You would use whatever you have, and then it would pull towards you like it, like it's you're using a force. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So like a new idea for equipment would be like the force, where you can grab stuff around you. It could be equivalent to the grappling hook on the human side. It could it could be like a force, some type of force, quote unquote, or energy. Oh, I see that. what you're okay. saying. So right. you're saying the so. humans have the grappling hook. So let's give the covenant something that's kind of serves the same purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I know. I just, I just went probably way over detail but yeah i don't even know if you answered the question i asked you but that's okay i don't even know the question they answered yeah that's all right <laughs> it's about the vehicles it was about the vehicles yeah dude, i had to do with vehicles being damaged but that's okay dude anything with vehicles i'm down for so anything with vehicles you're down for did you hear yeah. what i said about vehicles yeah you said if you start shooting at a tire a certain tire that will get more damage than the rest of the vehicle yeah i so to speak i guess yeah I mean, that's vehicles, a simple way. Like, vehicles will be affected. Wait, hold on. on. Why are you trying to give me shit tonight? Bro, you have like, interrupted me like five times in a row, bro. I'm trying to be super patient. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you mean I'm giving you shit tonight? Go ahead. I'm elaborating on the subject. Uh-huh. And you're giving me shit about it. 
of not listening. When I did listen, I just haven't been able to answer the question yet. Okay. <laughs> you can tell you're mad because you're just I'm like, not okay. mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm a happy person. I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with the way that things are going in my life. I'm happy I told with, you with, like with, the... with... <laughs> Yeah. I know her name. Yes. I'm happy with Melissa. I am. Fuck. Listen. Some twister dialogue right there. Beth over here. Listen. Vehicles will be affected differently in Halo Infinite. Depending can I, on can, I, can I make a statement before yeah, you go on? Go ahead. Go ahead. Was it. What company is for Battlefield? Is it DICE? Yeah. Their engine, how their engine is, where. I don't know if it was the vehicles too, but like destroying buildings and all that. Yes. I, I really like that aspect of gaming. And that's one of my favorites. So I think if if Halo had something like that, even with what you're talking about with the uh, the vehicles, I think it would be a huge change. So sure. take sort of like, uh, I think it, actually that kind of seems like a natural evolution in some respects. Take what is being affected, the way that they are making the vehicles more dynamic and add that to, to the terrain. I actually think that'd be really cool. Imagine if you were playing on like a sand map yeah. and like a wraith shot out a giant plasma thing and when it hits the ground creates like a crater that then you could kind of hide into. I think that that would actually be really cool. Yeah, I agree with you there. Good. I'm glad we established these boundaries and that we are on the same page God, and I, hate, I answered your question. I hate you so much. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about grenades. Um, it seems like they're trying to take things very literal the sandbox team and i really like that so you know how the vehicles if you shoot out a tire you know it's going to affect the driving and then all of a sudden they won't be able to drive straight or i mean i don't exactly know what's going to happen but in the same way they talked about spike grenades spike grenades are the brute version of the sticky grenade they're slightly different because when they explode spikes go shooting out in uh in mostly one direction um well, they talked about how the sticky grenades or the spike grenades, they have blades on the edges. And that's how they stick into things. They stick into things with their blades. Well, Jimmy, those blades will do damage. And for yeah. like a grunt who has low HP, just a sticky grenade hitting them will kill them. And then, pff, then it'll blow off. So what's interesting about that is not necessarily like, oh, sticky grenades will kill a grunt if you throw it at them. But just think about the mindset and the philosophy behind sort of taking the spike grenade as literal like that. And just think about how the sandbox is sort of applying that to sort of everything else in the game. I think it makes for something that's going to be really interesting and something that we haven't seen a lot in multiplayer before. Now, I do believe that if you threw a frag grenade at somebody, I think that that used to ding their shields a little bit. I, I could be wrong about that, maybe. But... It's interesting to me that they have more, like they're thinking more literal about the way that objects are interacting with each other in Halo Infinite. And that has me, that has me pretty excited. I agree with you 100%, bro. I'm not, I was, I was never trying to disagree with you. Yo, it sounded like you were about to disagree with me right there. No, 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 no. I'm with you, bro. Sound like you were about to say, nah, spike grenades are shit. No. No? Well, actually. They are kind of shit. I never really, I, yeah, I never really care for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> then they talked about uh, weapons <clears throat> and bringing back legacy weapons. Um, and then they talked. Okay. All right. So something that they were talking about was um, uh, like they, I think that they were asking about, Hey, we see that you have a new shotgun. 
it's this automatic not automatic it's this semi-automatic uh fire faster uh a, a faster firing rate that does less damage shotgun called the bulldog that's the new shotgun in the game the shotgun that we traditionally get in halo uh, is not going to be their day one at launch. It, it, it seems like they're going to have this new shotgun that they want people to play with, right? So yeah. somebody had asked, hey, are you going to bring back like the other shotgun? Like, you know, they serve two different purposes. You know, why, why, won't, why, like, why won't you have that shotgun? And basically the way they explained it was this. Look, we will bring back older weapons, um, but the, the role that the shotgun used to serve is going to be replaced by a different weapon which is interesting to me so there has always been the covenant energy sword and that was the i don't know why i did the sound effect that used to be the close awesome bro the close quarters yeah it is awesome right the close quarters covenant weapon and then the close quarters human weapon was the shotgun terrible So, so if you're getting rid of the shotgun uh, and you're going to replace it with something else. Jimmy, what else makes sense there if it's not going to be a shotgun? What is the, the, the human shotgun never even worked to begin with either. Well, so. that's in Halo 2. Halo 2 didn't work. Halo 5 shotgun is really good. It's fucking terrible. I will say, of all, a of... futuristic gun. Sorry, go ahead. No, go I'm, ahead. I'm talking over you. Go ahead. All I'm saying is it's a, for a futuristic shotgun, you would think it would be more powerful. That's all. That's well, all just, I'm saying. It has to work in the gameplay. You know, they don't... I know. I know. Um... But here's here's what my prediction is, okay? New human weapon. Bro, I, I actually, I think they might do this. A new human weapon that serves for close quarters combat. Jimmy, aside from a shotgun, what in modern times, or any times, would work close quarters? For human? Yeah. Uh, besides pistols? <laughs> Not pistols. Close quarters. I don't want to get the pistols with Halo, dude. I'm so sick of pistols. I mean, you're going to get a pistol, but it's going to be a... No, I know. I you're just... you're going to like the next part that I talk about, actually. It, it talks about pistols. Jimmy, right. what human weapon... Don't limit yourself to modern times. What human weapon has been used for close quarters combat? <sighs> close quarters? Yeah. Why can't I think about this right now? I don't know, because you're thinking about Halo. Get out of Halo. Yeah, I don't know. Think about human history. What, just like a like a regular sword? I think they're gonna bring in a sword, dude. I think they're gonna have a human sword, bro. I think they're gonna have like a court, uh, like a katana. (laughs) I think they're gonna have like a katana, and you're gonna slice people up with that thing in multiplayer, Uh, dude. I am so convinced of this. I really do believe that. I can see it. How's that gonna work against an energy sword? I hear you say, right? Right? You hear that? You hear everybody asking? What you know? You got the energy sword though. So how's that going to go toe-to-toe with the human sword? Well, here's what I'm thinking. The human sword has some forerunner technology put in there, shoved in there. And then that human sword is going to glow. And you're basically going to have fucking lightsabers in Halo, bro. And then the covenant. That's basically what it comes down to. Bro, I'm 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 hoping for it. I'm really hoping that even if it doesn't do the glowing thing because they want to avoid looking like uh, lightsabers, Bro, I yeah. want there to be swords. I want to cut up aliens, bro. Damn. All right. Okay. Couldn't they make something else, though? That's not a sword, but what? I mean, I guess. What? I don't know. Go ahead. Don't you know. tell me. I know. No, I just go ahead. Tell me. If trapped. it's not no, a shotgun I, and not a sword. I just trapped myself, so. No, go I ahead. 
God, what's another short range? Uh... That was good. That's that's not a short range though. What? I just for some reason I love crossbows and. Oh, that sounds cool. I, I think it would be pretty badass. I don't know for Halo. Yeah, but I don't I know just... what a Halo crossbow would look like, but that would be pretty <laughs> awesome though. I just I love crossbows, especially from Empire Earth. When <laughs> do you remember that? You just like have a whole army of crossbow people, and they would take down a wall in one oh, second. Yeah. <laughs> Crossbows were so OVP in Empire Earth. Uh, yes. A CO beer in the chat says, an axe! That'd be badass, dude. If an the axe, humans, yeah. Like a battle axe. Bro, I love that idea. Nah, that would be sick. Um, It's hard because it's like you're you're, you're kind of ripping off. I mean, you could cares, be ripping dude? off Star Wars, who other cares? movies. I don't know. Who cares? Um, Bark in the chat brings up a good question. He says, does every weapon necessarily need a counterpart for each faction? I'll say no. I don't think so. I don't think you do. Um, Like, I don't think that you need a... Although, I was just thinking, I don't think you need a banished version of the sword, but they have a gravity hammer. So, like, they they actually do. There's a shotgun humans. There's a covenant sword. There's the banished gravity hammer. And then the the Prometheans have the scattershot. So, literally, every faction has a close... Uh, close quarter combat um, weapon, which is kind of interesting. They're all a little bit different, but they're all sort of serving a similar purpose, which is interesting. Um, and they all have differences. Like, each of those weapons have differences, which make them different. So it's not the same thing for each faction, but it's all similar in like some kind of respect right like each faction has their own version of the battle rifle the humans have the battle rifle the covenant have the carbine the prometheans right. have the light rifle the banished ha- well i don't think the banished have a rifle do they maybe they'll get one um but yeah so i want i just kind of wanted to float that idea out there i'm i'm i am currently guessing the katana I think we're going to have Spartans with katanas and swords. I mean, look, dude, it's Halo Infinite, right? They're low on ammo, low on resources. So maybe they, you know, break into a bunch of museums, steal some swords, bro, because they don't have the ammo. Like, it kind of fits in the lore, maybe. Does Cheap carry, like, a a hunting knife or anything like that? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't I couldn't remember. Yeah, in Halo 4. When he's falling and he's trying to land onto one of the ships that are leaving with the didact, he takes a knife out and then sticks it into the the side of the um, of the Covenant ship to hold onto as he's about to go into uh, slip space. Gotcha. It could be the metal too, bro. The metal could be a big. I know it sounds silly, but the metal. Yeah, the type of metal. Like it could be like a super strength metal of some sort. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, that's yeah. what I was using in my story, but that's... you know what I just thought of too? How about like a glove, bro? Like where your beat downs are just like this, this just like this titanium, and you just break a elite's face in, bro. Oh Jesus! Let's <laughs> just put uh, what are those things called? Brass knuckles on there? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just like a gangster master chief <laughs> has a gold chain and brass knuckles. You know? That's actually oh funny. Oh my god. Um, and the last, the last notable thing I'll say from this whole video um, is that uh, weapons won't be changed anymore. Okay, so they were kind of asking. Well, th- here's the way that Quindel Hoyo put it. He said, "Look, in Halo CE, you had the pistol, right? And then Halo Two, you had the pistol, but it was completely different. In Halo Three, you had a Magnum. It was completely different. Halo Four, the Magnum was completely different. Halo Five, the Magnum's co- in every single game. You've had a drastically different pistol." He said that they're going to get away from that they are going to bring back like like the 
Halo Infinite pistol. It seems like you're going to start out with a rifle and a pistol. The at least in campaign, I'll say. The Halo Infinite pistol is called the Sidekick. Okay, and you're going to like this because they are purposefully making sure that the weapon acts as a secondary weapon, Jim, and isn't the primary. Oh, thank God. How long did it take them to do this? This is phenomenal. Well, Halo, Halo Infinite released in 2015, so six years, Jim. <laughs> oh, six my years. God. The pistols are so OP, bro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Unreal. Well, they're going to get away from that. The pistol in Halo Infinite, they said, is going to act more like the gunfighter magnum from Halo 5, which was personally my favorite uh, pistol in Halo 5. I thought it was really cool. It fired a lot faster. It definitely wasn't as uh, – it didn't have the range that the regular pistol had. Um, but, like, I just liked the way that it was used. So, apparently, that's going to be the way that the pistol in Halo Infinite works. That's awesome. So they I'm also super excited said about that. When they, when they update weapons from previous games – they're not going to just change it. They're going to bring back legacy weapons, right? So, like, as Halo goes on, like, they'll bring back... Uh, maybe they'll bring back the Halo 5 pistol at a time for whatever their big multiplayer is or whatever. Like, they'll bring back weapons. Maybe they'll bring back, um, you know, the Halo 5 battle rifle, the way that that was. But that's separate than the Halo Infinite battle rifle. So, like, they're no longer just changing things for the sake of changing it. All weapons that come from the past are going to act... And work the way that they did. Halo 5 did this pretty well, right? Like they brought back the BR-55 from Halo 2. They brought back the Halo CE Magnum, the way that it functioned in Halo 2, and the way that it functioned in Halo Combat Evolved. So they're basically taking that and they're kind of running with it for Halo Infinite. Any weapons that are returning from previous Halo games are going to work the way that they did in previous Halo games. They're not just going to change it for the sake of changing it. Um, In Halo 5, the rocket launcher was for whatever reason they just kind of changed it to like this new rocket launcher even though it worked pretty much exactly like the spanker rockets always had um so that was something that they just wanted to that they were making a distinction um they're not going to change weapons anymore if they were to bring back the halo 5 pistol it'll have like whatever it'll have like a special name and it will function exactly like the halo 5 pistol it won't be a different pistol. So they're getting away from that, and I appreciate that. I, I kind of didn't like that there was always, like, a different version of the guns, weapons. You know, like, here's another one. In Halo 3, you had the plasma rifle. In Halo 4, all of a sudden, it was the storm rifle. And I get it. I get that it was the storm faction of the Covenant that they were fighting, so that's why they had a different plasma rifle. But for all intents and purposes, it was another plasma rifle. So they're not going to do that anymore. Um, and that's pretty much the end of that whole video thing. So they were kind of just like touching on a couple different things that I thought were noteworthy to me. The biggest things were being able to grapple basically it sounds like onto anything. Um, and the idea that the vehicles are going to have more of a, a, a dynamic, uh, dynamic damage system to them. I, I'm really, I'm excited to blow off the side of a Banshee and then watch it just like spiral into the ground. I'm excited uh, yes. for that. Yes, please. I, I don't know if that exa- exactly is going to happen, but I'm excited for, thi- for things like that. Yeah, or a pelican. Um, so that's pretty much it for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it for that. Shit. All right, Jimmy, do you want to – let's transition here to Halo 4. Yeah. 
Now, last week, uh, we touched on Halo 3. Every single week now, we've been going over a new Halo, and Jimmy's just kind of catching up on the lore. Jimmy had played all the Halos before, but really doesn't remember a lot of the campaigns, doesn't really remember the stories. Um, and so getting him caught up in time for Halo Infinite, we wanted to dive into each of the stories. And so we've been doing that basically every week. Last week was Halo 3. This week is Halo 4. So if you're interested in staying up with this conversation, what might be a good idea is to pause the podcast right now. If you're watching the live feed, you're not going to be able to do this, guys. But pause the podcast right now. Go watch the Halo 4 game movie. It's where they go through all the cutscenes and then they take the most important dialogue during the actual game when you're playing and they put it all into one thing. Or just play through Halo 4, which takes a lot longer, and then come back to the rest of this podcast. So the conversation that we're having are all are all kind of fresh in your mind i'm not going to recap the campaign i'm not going to recap the campaign i'm going to touch on some different things but we're not going to do like a here's what happened in halo 4 that's not what this podcast is so if you haven't played halo 4 you got no idea about halo 4 but you want to be a part of this conversation please do those other things i said all right so with that being said moving forward here jimmy halo 4 uh yes, something my, that well, i my key key takeaways Go yeah ahead, yeah but let me let me bring up one thing at first because i'm sure that this is going to be one of your key takeaways as well i had mentioned yeah, yeah. last week how halo 3 was a bit more dramatic than halo 2 and halo 1 there was less comedy halo 4 was virtually completely absent of any of that um did you notice that was that one of your key takeaways what did you think about that and overall your enjoyment of uh halo 4's campaign i liked it i you like to be more it, dramatic, it, or are you yeah, just saying that I, you like the campaign I, as a whole? It was nice being a little more dra dramatic for sure. Okay, so you didn't really care for the comedy. The comedy I enjoyed, but I think you should, like they could add that in too. But and I noticed that this one was shorter as well than the other uh, Halos. I don't this, know if that's right. Uh, from what I'm looking at, it is. What are you looking at? What are you basing that on? Just the length of the all the uh, Halo movies, game movies, quote unquote. Yeah, but there's different dialogue that's taken for those, so that might not be a good indicator of, of what's the longest movie. Uh, okay, then disregard. Okay. Well, but, uh, go ahead I, and yeah, go ahead and walk me through your I, takeaways. I actually enjoyed it more than Halo Three, and I enjoyed it more than Halo. Actually, Halo Three, the intro was pretty badass. They didn't really add like too much of like the music. See, the music is what gets me. Hold, so, on, hold, on, hold on, one thing at a time. Let's talk about the first thing that you said. You said you liked it more than Halo 3. No, I take that back. I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. Every, you... every, they all have their own aspects to them. Okay. Halo, Halo 3 felt more epic. This felt more Germanic in a way. It was a much more intimate story for sure between yeah. Master Chief and Cortana. Yeah, definitely. That, more... was, that was a weird one, but yes, I agree with you 100%. You... Uh, I can't believe you're the one saying that that was a weird thing. What, Cortana? Yeah. She looks good in, in Halo 4. She looks phenomenal. That's not what I mean. <laughs> That's not what I mean. She looks really good. Like, whoever made her, they, they did some curves on her, I tell you that. <laughs> it's impressive. Uh, I do Dude, agree that the Halo, 4, the Halo 4 Cortana is the best version of Cortana, for sure. Yes, it's impressive. Um... I just got lost thinking about it. But anyway, um, let me bring you back. Let me bring you back to the campaign and the tone. Let's just focus on the tone of the campaign. Definitely dramatic. 
a little was it darker I'm trying to think about it it was a little dark in the sense that like thousands of people got thanos i thought that was pretty cool to watch yeah they did <laughs> uh that was a main part um chief trying to get arrested was definitely a uh interesting part too yeah so or, the tones being it, it felt more intimate to you it was like on a smaller scale this isn't the big halo 3 tons of marines all over the place fighting all these scarabs and stuff like that it was smaller more contained more of an intimate i mean the, the real story was about master chief and cortana really um and besides then, the thousands of people getting thanos on the installation i mean yeah okay yeah but like halo not- 3 every mission felt like it was this big epic battle for the most part Halo 4 yeah. was like, okay, at the very end, there was this dire consequences, save the world sort of deal going on. But the whole right. thing wasn't very uh, correct. Like that. So go ahead and walk me through. Uh, um, now that we kind of talked about the tone a little bit, I want to hit on something that I know is important to you. Tell me about the music that you heard, because the music for Halo 4 is the first time in the Halo franchise that there was a composer different than Marty O'Donnell. It was a new composer for Halo 4, and the sounds were very different in Halo 4 than they were in the previous Halos. So tell me what you thought about the music. Did that stand out to you at all? Was it kind of forgettable? Uh, Go ahead. No. Did not stand out to me really that much. Interesting. Halo 4 has some of my favorite music. It's interesting. Uh, there that. was a couple parts, but not as much as the epic music that I heard in Halo 2 and 3. Okay. In my, in my opinion. Sure. So I just think the iconic Halo music, there wasn't as much of it in my opinion. So I'm one of the few people who actually thinks that the music – that's been done for halo um not by marty is actually better like marty o'donnell is responsible for the best sounds and the iconic halo music 100 percent. but in terms of like how the soundtrack plays and the sounds that you're listening to i i mean the last composer i forget his name because it's japanese it's hard for me to remember the names that i'm not as familiar with uh he was my favorite composer for sure and i i mean i, I would probably put marty's music above neil neil Davich, I think his name was Neil something or other, but I really like the sounds for Halo Four. And there's one song on that album called, uh, or in the soundtrack called One One Seven, which was redone in Halo Five uh, as Blue Team. That song itself, I think, is one of the most epic Halo songs that's ever come out, and they use it a lot in the campaign. Uh, but that's okay. You didn't like I'll the music. As, listen to it. You didn't like the music I, as I, much. That's totally. That's okay. Don't don't. It's my opinion isn't heavy in this matter because I only watched it once, and if. I wasn't. I was more paying attention to the story because I was caught off guard in a couple things. Okay. So I will definitely go back and listen to the Might music. Might be something for to revisit. Yeah. And honestly, Jim, yeah. like just listening to some of the songs, like on the soundtrack, might even be worth it. Like, I'm going to. I'll yeah. do it tomorrow. It's, it's, I think it's a good. I think it's a good album. There's a couple songs on there I really, really like. Um, it feels more. Um, it feels a bit more Star Warsy in some respects. Um. And then it feels a, a, just more modern. You know, they use more electric sounds, which kind of goes yeah. with the Prometheans and the digitizing of people and stuff like that. So the music, I felt like, fit the atmosphere of the game pretty well. That's fair. I'll, I'll go back to it tomorrow then. All right, so we touched on the tone. We touched on the music. Um, why don't you give me your takeaways, and then I have some questions for you if you don't answer them in your takeaways. Uh, my first takeaway was Cortana, the look. <laughs> just the way she looks yes okay yeah the best version of cortana for sure her thighs didn't lie um 
and I thought that her thighs and other places did not lie. But yeah, I know, but that doesn't rhyme with lying. I'm not trying to rhyme. It doesn't need no rhymes. <laughs> she was a a very uh, a very sexualized version of Cortana, which I was not upset with. What? And there was very emotional Cortana in this one too. Yes. Which I I don't even know. I that what, what that kind of I think took away from the story a little bit, in my opinion, to an extent. Um, I don't know. I just or it just pissed me off that I was actually like taking it and she's a fucking computer you know what i mean like if she was a real person what do you mean by felt better what do you mean taking it what do you what are you saying like eating up her emotions are you bothered that this computer has emotions yes especially with chief well, she's a uh, she's a smart ai so she's she's i know i know she's a futuristic ai she's close to human like and all yeah, that she's I probably self-conscious yeah i get it i get it i know i just i want to i want cortana i'm very confused by what you're saying <laughs> i don't know it just it just stood out more because like, it felt like she was more emotional in in this it, this this one was like a, you said it was more, of an intimate said, story. more dramatic intimate yeah, more was, emotions evolved there's definitely more emotions with master chief and with cortana for sure were right. you bothered by the I, I'm emotions? just bothered by how, like... You unplugged your mic, dude. You unplugged your mic. You probably said the answer the perfect way. I know you have your hands up, dude. Okay, but I'm nowhere near your microphone. Nobody listening is near your microphone. Only you are near your microphone. And still not working by the... Oh, there it is. It's back. Okay, good. Stupid. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know how this... One little fucking move. <laughs> God damn it. I swear to God, I gotta get a new cord for this. So you're talking about the emotions of Cortana. And I was asking you, was it that the characters are written to be more what? emotional that bothered you about this? Yes, in a way, and also too, but I, I understand that she was coming to her end on life. Right. Quote unquote in the in the AI world. But I mean I guess that's why she was more emotional too as well. But there is an emotional bond between Chief and Cortana, so it's like, and, and it's a freak. It's a little weird one to me. It's a weird one. You know what I mean? Okay, we can get into because, it because because Chief is. I mean, his human. I get his humanity is still there, right? But I don't know. It just you can see in Chief's eyes that he wants to bang her, and it's just like I, I don't see okay. that. First off, you can't even see his eyes. <laughs> okay. Second, I don't just, think that that's clear. Actually, that there's a sexual, uh, that there's a no, no. I mean, listen, I, you can see the way Chief looks at her, even if you can't actually see his eyes. His visor tells it all. Okay. Well, I think and, he feels a deep. I think he loves her. Like I think he feels a deep connection to Cortana. Right. I don't know if. I mean, they don't have sex drive Spartans, or they supposedly don't have sex drives. Did they have? When he when she brought him into the uh, the tech world, did they like did they actually get get down or no? What are you asking? <laughs> There's a part when when Chief detonates the bomb and yeah. what what is that realm that they are in after that? Okay, what is that called? So you know how there is like a light bridge that they kind of fought on. 
Yes. And then you saw Cortana basically she she got she basically got into the forerunner system. And so when the light bridge was created, that has like a code running through it, okay? And so she basically got into the code in the forerunner system, which is why she was able to kind of come out of that bridge, okay? That bridge is a hard light bridge, okay? When Chief detonated the bomb, Cortana basically rapidly put Chief on the other side, kind of like put him in a hard light cocoon. So it was like a hard light room that she had created to protect Chief when he detonated the bomb, which is why she was able to kind of come out and stand up and be real tall in it. it was because it was basically like the same way that she was coming out of the hard the hard light bridge to fight the didact. It's basically, was it a physical room? I, I, I was trying to understand that. Yeah, it's a physical room. It's, it's a not like in, like it's like virtual. No, it's a it's a physical room made of okay. hard light. Hard light is a forerunner okay. thing. Okay. Do you remember in Halo One where they turn on the bridge and like there's no bridge, but then all of a sudden it's very bright and it's a giant yes. light, and then they drive across it. The reason yes. they're able to drive across it is because the forerunners were somehow able to make light and find a way to make it hard, like solid. So if you could shoot a bullet of light, basically, those are the Promethean weapons. It's it's called hard light. It's a Halo invention. Just go with it for science fiction's purposes. Okay. The hard light is connected to all the forerunner forerunner computer systems. Dude, your microphone, bro. You've got to get this shit figured out. Just sit still. I'm not doing touching it, bro. Okay, you're good now. You're good now. You're it. good now. You got a sensitive cord. Stay still. Just stay still. Stop moving. Why are you still moving? Say something. Please tell me you're still here. I'm here. Okay, good. Okay, so are you following me so far with the hard light? Yes. The hard light runs through the. It's connected to the Forerunner's computer systems. Okay, you got that. Copy. You keep looking down. Are you distracted by something? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. Okay. I'm just making sure I don't fuck up the mic, even though I don't know how it's being fucked up. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I'm just making sure. I'm okay. What are tonight? So Cortana is able to affect the hard light as she's a computer system. She's an artificial intelligence, okay? And she can kind of manipulate hard light in different ways. Okay, you got that? Yeah. I want you to repeat the sentence I just said to you back to me, bro. You keep looking down. <laughs> I'm calling you out right now. I'm spending all this time trying to explain this shit to you because you asked me and you're, you're not listening. You're talking about the hard light systems and I, I understand the concept now. Okay. So Cortana was able to manipulate the hard light to build a shell around Master Chief. The okay. shell was strong enough to not get broken because of the nuclear bomb that just went off. Okay? Okay. While this hard light shell is still around Chief, Cortana left a copy version of herself, basically, in order to communicate with Chief. That's why she was able to be real big all of a sudden. Okay. There you go. Yeah, but how was this hard light supposed to protect... If, if everything else is destroyed in this nuclear explosion, but uh -huh. this hard light is able to protect him, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why? Because everything... Everything else is destroyed. Isn't hard? Isn't hard lights part of some of the technologies there? 
Yeah, and maybe those are bits that are flying around in space, but most of the Forerunner object is not made up of hard light. It's made up of some kind of metal or whatever. How do you know? Well, because hard light is very bright. And most of that Forerunner ship was kind of gray. How was it made out of? Bro, like, I don't know why you're going down this rabbit hole, dude. I don't know. Some kind of metal, bro. Okay, you just said that. I did say that! Dude, I did! I said that! Um, that was one of my takeaways. Uh, another one... Wait, what was the takeaway, though? I told you. Were you listening? Dude, you're looking down the whole time. You're Stop probably it. What was the takeaway that you're talking about right now? <laughs> the first... <laughs> the first takeaway was... Uh... Cortana and Master Chief and the emotions between them. Right. That was my first thing. And you weren't like the biggest fan of that necessarily. It wasn't like it was bad. It was just different. That's okay. All. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I'm not from... going to. If they, if they like intertwine this with all the other ones, I think it would make for a really good like overall movie. But I got anyway, what you're saying. Let me, let me, uh, what's the second one? So the Hold second on. thing is it wasn't necessarily a takeaway but you were just a little confused on how chief even lived at the end or, or what any of that was and then we went down that yeah hole. yes and that and i understand the forerunners were human right so not exactly the forerunners like 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 a different breed or something like that yeah they are they are their own species we'll say they're they're alien they're not human just said species my fault that's okay but the I'm an alien. I should know this stuff. All right. <laughs> the forerunners are their own species. The humans are a different species than the forerunner in the same way that the humans are a different species than the Sangheili or the elites. Okay. So why were they saying they were human then? Who was saying they were human? Sorry. Uh, I'm going back now. I'm looking at the thing. There's a moment where this the floaty girl comes down towards the uh, Yeah, Chief. the librarian. Yeah. She doesn't she say that they're or chief says that they were human. The forerunners were human. Um, I'll have to go back and, and rewatch that. I don't remember that line. Okay. Um if somebody in the chat wants to correct me, I don't or believe me. Oh, interesting. So a CO beer uh types in the chat, he says that was retconned. They used to be the same species, but Halo 4 made them different. Oh, interesting. What? So Forerunners oh, okay. used to be human? I, I just want to double check. A CO Beer is one of our, our top Halo lore experts here. A CO yeah. Beer, are you saying that um, the lore leading to Halo 4 changed it? So that changed them to be a different species, but originally they were humans? Is that what you're saying, A CO Beer? We'll get some clarification for that in a second. All right. Uh, go ahead. Keep going, Jimmy. We'll figure that out. How do you say the uh, species dialect? 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 So it's the forerunner species. The yeah. name of that specific forerunner, his name is the didact. Didact, okay. My bad. All right. Yeah, there were some things I was just confused about more, probably in this whole Halo franchise thing. And that the whole human, like the whole question you're trying, uh, Dan's trying to answer, that's a. That's a separate thing, but yeah. Um, I'm gonna jump in here real quick. Yeah, yeah, you go for it. I felt like, and in in rewatching it, there were specific things that I was trying to pay attention to, um, to see if they were answered, and they weren't. Um, 
Halo 4, I still stand on this, is very confusing if you only play the games. If you only play the games, and Jimmy, tell me, tell me if you disagree with me. Halo 4 is a very confusing game if you only play the games. You understand the Master Chief and Cortana relationship, and you understand what's going on with them, sure. But the mantle of responsibility is never explained. Uh, the librarian and her relationship to the didact is never really explained. Um, I guess that's where all my confusions are coming in at. So a lot of the confusion comes from not knowing the background of the Forerunners. If you read the Forerunner trilogy, yes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't know if I would say it makes a lot of sense, but it would make a lot more sense. Um, but if you only play the games, the narrative of Halo 4 is incredibly confusing because it's like, what the hell is the librarian? What the hell is the, like, what is this? Um, it can be, it can be very confusing. Um, so I'll, I'll just, you go ahead and, and continue. But a lot of the questions that you have is because they didn't, I, 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 I did will say like this. They did not do a good job at at giving you enough knowledge to really process the story as it's happening. I did like what they did with John and having to uh, him make kind of like freedoms, and it there be consequences for him personally. What do you mean by that? Like with uh, Cortana going away. Okay. Like at the end, like he he lost her. Like he had right. a do what was necessary for humanity but he lost somebody that he loved so yeah that's one that's one so you're saying like there were real consequences for the choices that they made correct right and also there was a pretty funny moment when he uh I, don't, I forget the uh i guess the admiral or whatever was telling him he was arrested lord hood yeah <laughs> no so not lord hood that... what am i saying uh oh what is his name del rio i think i yeah. thought that was hilarious yeah i actually thought that that was uh that's one of the best scenes in halo i think um that whole scene with cortana on the bridge and lasky and del rio whatever voice actor they got for del rio uh amazing amazing actor i mean they he really sounded angry at the master chief for disobeying the orders um wanting him to hand cortana over um and i think it, it is a pivotal moment for chief too to just flat out disobey orders um i don't know if he's ever disobeyed a command before that might be the very first one i i actually don't fully know that he might have done something back on when he was training or he's like yelling at people to arrest him and if i was there i'd be like i'm not arresting that guy yeah Get and that's basically kind of the looks that they all had i mean palmer <laughs> didn't try to arrest him lasky wasn't going to um yeah, you know, it, it's it's I I really like that scene. And then the part where she breaks down and she goes like, "I will not allow you to leave this planet." <laughs> and then she's like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." It's like it, it really showed like a, a a real emotion to Cortana. Um which again, I I I think I think they they nailed what they were going for. Um they wanted to tell an emotional story. They wanted to get into the humanity of Cortana, into the humanity of Chief. One of the themes that they talked about is how, like, Master Chief, or Cortana says this, about him seeming more like a machine than she was. 
you know, and her being more of a human than he was, even though she's technically a machine and he's a human. Um, there's something about, you know, your humanity that was important to whoever was writing the story. They wanted to show that Master Chief was a human being first and he was a soldier second. And you don't get that in Halos 1 through 3 at all. He is a soldier. Um, they don't necessarily get it. I'll say in Halo 3, they got into it a little bit, especially when he was trying to save Cortana. Um, but it really came through in Halo 4. They, they told a dramatic story, an emotional story, and you got to see a different side to the Master Chief and Cortana a little bit. Um, and I, I think that that's what they were going for. Any other uh, uh, takeaways that you want to talk about? I think that was all. Besides that, I, was, I thought that was pretty funny. Were there any other questions that you had? No. I'm going through it right now, and I don't, I don't remember any. Like I'm skimming through the uh, movie, and I'm just trying to remember if I had any extra. Because, obviously, I watched it earlier in the day. So Actually, I forget when I watched it. but um, So something that I want to talk about is uh, philosophically the difference between 343 and Bungie and how they see the Master Chief. Um, you definitely got – there was something that happens in the very first level of the game that really shows that, okay, this is a different, these are different people making this game. And what happens is Master Chief has dialogue as you're playing. So as you're playing, Master Chief is talking. And that's the first time in any Halo game that that has happened up to that point. In Halos 1, 2, and 3, there's no time where you're playing as Master Chief and he's talking. It's always in cutscenes that he's talking. Now, why this is interesting is because this shows a philosophical difference between 343 and Bungie as it pertains to Master Chief. For Bungie, it was important that Master Chief, again, one of the reasons why he's called the Master Chief is because Master Chief is a position. It's not a name. John is his name. Master Chief is his position. You as the player are the Master Chief. The Master Chief was just a vessel for you to be a part of the story. It was you blowing up the Halo ring in Halo 1. It was you going down to Earth in Halo 2. It was you. I mean, they talk, They mention him and they name him John in Halo 3. So that's where they... You, you could kind of see Bungie start to do this. Um, but for the most part, Bungie's Master Chief was supposed to be a vessel for you, the player. Very much like Link in The Legend of Zelda. Link is your link to the game. Master Chief is your vessel to the game. In Halo 4, it is not your show. It is Master Chief's show. And they make it very clear that you are an observer of Master Chief. You are not Master Chief. Um, you listen to his dialogue during the gameplay. And here's the difference. Like, And, and here's why that's a big deal. It's like, you're not talking and you're those aren't your words coming out as you're playing the game those are john's words coming out while you're playing the game and that's like that's that's why i brought that up that's a big difference you're telling and communicating to the player that you are just observing master chief you are no longer he's no longer a vessel for you into the story so halo 4 takes on a much more cinematic approach they take on a much more traditional movie kind of approach um, and, and I feel like I feel like it's a little bit to the detriment. I understand the deep connection that they wanted to tell between Master Chief and Cortana, but the player has the same connection to Cortana that Master Chief does. So they could have kept that philosophy intact of having Master Chief 
as still the vessel for the player and it's his interactions with cortana and so when cortana when he loses cortana it's not just him losing cortana it's also you the player losing cortana and for most people who follow the franchise i'm sure they all felt that i mean i know i felt that when i was watching that story for the first time playing through it and then cortana dies i think i actually cried or at least got teary-eyed at the very least over that whole event i mean it was like oh my god this girl who's been in my ear and in my mind for all these games for all these years is now gone you feel empty and then you see john feel empty and i love the way that they portrayed him in space right like right after cortana uh right after cortana goes away or dies right they don't show show chief you know back down on earth all of a sudden they show him floating in space and he's not moving he's not trying to get anywhere he's just floating he's alone it's dark it's cold there's nothing but a shattered ship around him his world has been shattered right i mean the symbolism is is i think it's pretty obvious everything is shattered and broken and then there he is motionless in it and so the master chief is just a broken human and i just i like you feel that as the player if you've been around since the very beginning playing all these games but i just i wish that 343 kept you the player as the master chief instead of making more of a distinction or uh, rather than making more of a separation and so that 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 is probably my biggest critique of of halo 4 it's what they wanted to do i mean that that's their goal if you look at like some of the interviews leading up to the story and up to the game it's clear that they wanted to give the master chief more humanity they wanted to tell his story for you to watch um and i i think it's a little bit of a drawback but it, some people might just find that nitpicky um but i i think that that's if you're a halo fan and, and you really got lost in this world um it was a little weird to all of a sudden be pulled out a little bit and become the observer so that's it's probably my biggest take for the whole story halo 4 um i really wish that um i mean i really wish a couple things like i think halo 4 is probably one of my favorite stories I think I was most emotionally involved in Halo 4 than I was in the other Halos. I mean, the constant tension of Cortana's impending doom and trying to save her. And, like, you don't think she's going to die. It's Cortana, you know? So for them to actually kill her off at the end of it was kind of like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, you think that you're going to save her, but you don't. And so that affect, you know, that affects the Master Chief as well um and then create some interesting scenarios moving forward another thing um there there were some things that were in the game that plot point wise i didn't think were very strong um i there's just a couple things that i didn't necessarily love but overall i think it was a a very well told contained story I didn't necessarily like the way that they went. I didn't want Cortana to die. Um, and part of me wonders if they were doing that just to get a rise out of you. Um, and I think when you watch Halo 5 story, that becomes a little bit more evident and clear that yes, they were just trying to get a rise out of you because what she ends up doing didn't need to... Dude, what? they got... They got to rise out of me in a different way with Cortana, not that way. <laughs> what, 
what ends up happening with Cortana or what ends up happening moving forward in the franchise in the next game, which we'll, you know, we'll go over next week. You didn't need to kill off Cortana in Halo 4. So to me, it felt like they kind of just did like they were doing it to just get something out of you. Either that or when they finished Halo 4, they they changed the story for Halo 5 multiple times. You know, I, I don't exactly know, um, but we'll talk about that more next week with Halo 5. I'm excited for Halo 5 now. Um, yeah, Halo 5 will be good to go through. Arguably the worst story in, uh, in oh, all great. Halos. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably the worst one. Uh, and we'll get into those reasons. Um, okay. You know how, like, Chief, last... Chief looked good in Halo 4, too, but go ahead. Yeah, Chief looks very good in Halo 4. I liked his newer armor. Yeah, I, I was a fan of good. I was a fan of the newer armor. I mean, I always I'll always love Master Chief's look from Halo Two and Halo Three, and they're bringing that back for Infinite. Um, but I definitely like the design of Master Chief in Halo Four. Um, and at the ending, when he's like walking down, about to have his armor taken off, and all the other Spartans are looking at him, they just yeah. did such a good job at just showing you how intimidating he looks and legendary. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think someone compared it to uh, Greek soldiers standing in line and Achilles, Achilles, what is his name? Achilles. 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 Walking down. So yeah. badass, bro. He looked very badass. Do you, do you bad think we'll ever see uh, John without Spartan suit on and him just like walking around as a normal person? Uh, I hope not. I hope not. In a mainline Halo game, I hope not. I like that he keeps his helmet on. Again, right. for me, it's because of the immersion. If I don't see what John's face looks like, it's easier for me to connect to the Master Chief because I'm not looking at somebody else. It's me. And that's why they never showed his head to begin with, by the way. Isn't there a, isn't there a uh, stationary photo of like his face? So in Halo 4 at the very end, in the legendary ending, yeah. there is a... like They show... Like, where my glasses are covering, they basically show that. Uh, but he just looks like generic dude. He just looks like generic white dude. Okay. So, you, you ruined the immersion for all the other, uh, you know, <laughs> for anybody who's not a white dude. You ruined the immersion for them, I guess. Oh, my God. I'm looking at it right now. It looks pretty, actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we got to see what John looked like as a kid, and we knew that he was a ginger. So, like, we have ideas of what he looks like a little bit just based off of that. Um, but I, I think that there's something special in not knowing what Master Chief looks like. That I, I hope that they don't ruin that. That is a hope of mine. <sighs> I'm yawning. That's not a good sign, dudes. All this whiskey I've been drinking. All right, so, drinking Jimmy, you don't, whiskey. Have, you don't have anything else for Halo 4? Where do you think the story's going to go from here? I don't know. I did have one more thing. The uh, and I might be just oblivious to it. The covenant invading Earth in the beginning was that from before, or was that did that happen in the four years that Chief was missing? The covenant invading the Earth. Yeah. The covenant didn't invade the Earth in Halo Four. I know, but what's what's with the uh, in the beginning of it where they are invading the Earth? They were. Oh. You mean the yeah. cut scene with Dr. Halsey? Yes. What, what is that from again? 
so okay yeah that was um it might have been earth it might have been other human planets that was dr halsey talking about you know how efficient her spartans were against the covenant Okay. So that's that's all that was i don't even think that was necessarily earth that they were showing because there were other spartans so it wouldn't have been earth that would have been well it could have been reach it could it have been, like earth what made it look like earth well never mind i can't say that because i don't i'm not looking at it right now i'm just looking at the cities and whatnot it's all humans yeah it's a human so. planet a human planet just imagine imagine other worlds where they had an atmosphere where humans could breathe and then they colonized yeah. other planets I can imagine that, bro. You know I could. All right. Well, there you go. So it wasn't necessarily Earth. It was just outer, at first outer colonies and then inner colonies and then reach. Gotcha. Okay. 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 That's all I had from you. <clears throat> all right. Um, do you know who Dr. Halsey is? Did you understand the beginning, that first cutscene? She's the one who uh, pretty much put the program together, right? Okay. Yeah. Got all the kids and stole all the kids and all that. I'm not sure for like a first time or a second time viewer how much of it comes through. So that's why I'm curious about like, okay, what that Dr. Halsey scene, what did you get out of that? Yeah, that's what I got out of it. It's also very confusing to me because she goes like, well, she, she, like they were talking about John. And then she goes like, oh, who are you? You're not Office of Naval Intelligence. What are you after? I don't feel like that's ever resolved during the game at all. It almost felt no. like very disconnected from the actual game. Like, what was the purpose of that first scene other than them talking about, um, you know, the origin of the Spartans? And again, this is another issue that I would have with Halo 4, that too much of it required knowledge from outside of the games to to get a good grasp on what's happening i think it's jarring and i get it i get the people who go oh well halo one started and you didn't know why there was a conflict and you didn't know where they were and you didn't know any of that but you were okay with that i hear what you're saying okay i hear what you're saying and maybe that principle is true um but there's a lot less to remember so maybe it was just too much new stuff maybe Right. We'll see what Halo Infinite does because I think they want to do something similar. I hope it's a good story, bro. For Halo Infinite? Yeah. I hope so too. But it after epic. after Halo Five story, I mean, they can only go up. <laughs> I'm very curious now. Yeah, I almost want to send you all the marketing <laughs> material for the game first. In fact, I'm going to do that. I'm going to send okay. you, Jimmy, all the commercials leading into the game. That way you can experience what everybody else experienced when they first played through the game. Okay. Sounds good, bro. Okay, cool. All right, so that concludes the Halo 4 discussion. Um, and I guess now is a time to a good time to, to kind of move on. If anybody has any other questions about Halo 4 or our discussion or when you want to add your own two cents, please leave it in the live chat. We live stream this podcast every single Wednesday um, at... Uh, starting around nine o'clock or so i think today we started a little bit earlier but i usually go live at 8 30 and then we start sometime after that over on twitch twitch.tv slash daddy tracks live so um or you send me a dm and, and let me know what you think uh about halo 4 or or whatever so next week again prepare for halo 5 it will be the last one that we do 
Um, I might, after Halo 5, Jimmy, I might even have you go and do some extra stuff. I don't know how much pain you want me to put you through when it comes to Halo lore, but I'm very happy that you're getting caught up on the story. I don't mind you putting me through pain. Yeah, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Whatever you want. Um... Because there's other games. There's Halo Wars. Somebody just mentioned that in the chat. Bark just mentioned that in the chat. There's the Halo Wars. It's not exactly connected to... Although, I would say Halo Wars 2 has a lot of connections to uh, Halo Infinite because the enemy in Halo Infinite was introduced in Halo Wars 2. I told How you about, about Halo... the, the Banished. Yeah. How about Halo Revenge? I don't know what that, that is. What's that? The sequel that to the prequel. You're just making that up? Halo Revenge. <laughs> Halo Revenge yeah. of the Sith. Re Revenge of the Didact. They have so much potential to make that into a, a fantastic film franchise. What, Halo? Yeah. Yeah. If they if it's done right, not like all the other fucking Hollywood movies right now. <laughs> I was actually, it's probably a good thing they're not doing it then. What even movies came out, dude? 2020, like, nothing came out. I think there was, like, a well, Disney you can, movie that came out. You can go on Amazon or whatever, and they you can pay. It's, like, 20 bucks. It's almost like you're going to the theaters, but it's in the, uh, on Amazon demand. Oh, really? Like, new yeah. movie releases you can get? Correct, yes. Oh, wow, that's interesting. All right, well, this is going to conclude the Halo portion of this podcast. Um, for the rest of the show, we might mention something about halo but if you're here specifically because you just wanted a halo conversation we're going to deviate away from that a little bit and talk about some off-topic stuff so if you'd like to continue listening then by all means but if you were here specifically for the halo stuff um we will be moving on from that so um just wanted to thank you for listening to all the halo stuff um and i i hope you enjoy the uh the rest of the show if if you're going to continue on with us jimmy tell me about this alien thing that you were talking about what alien thing? You said something about, about you said something right before we started the podcast. What was that about? About the mattress firms? Maybe. And all So alright. This isn't about aliens. It's just about the company Mattress Firm. Okay. Mattress if firm? You go, yeah, mattress firm where you okay. buy mattresses. Um, <laughs> okay. If you look in a specific vicinity, there are like hundreds of hundreds of stores in the same area. And they they I, People are thinking that there's some type of money laundering business or something like that. Okay. Like the mattress firm is just it's just a placeholder for what it could be. And then if you go to the stores, like even in the back, they think that like there's there's shit going on. They don't know oh, it's about. like a it's like a racket. Yeah, I'm not I'm not kidding about this either. Um What the hell does this have yeah. to do with? What? What people are just suspicious of mattress firm? Yeah, that's, that's the, it. That's that's the uh, that's, that's the story. That's the that does that's not the alien story though. Well, what's the alien story, bro? Are you talking about the the documentary I just watched recently? Yes. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so. Dude, look. If you don't want to get into it, you don't have to get into it. No, no, I want to get into because there's been a lot of stuff I'm getting into between disappearances and national forests and all that shit. There's a lot of stuff, like. I don't know if you know this, but there's no exact list for all the people who have disappeared in all the national parks and all the national forests. Yeah, because you say, get lost in the woods, bro. Right. Did you know that 600,000 people go missing every year in the United States? That's a lot of people. That can't be right. 600,000? 
600,000 go missing. However, no, I wait. didn't finish. I didn't finish yet. Almost 90% of them are either recovered okay. or, or found, found alive or dead. So Okay. So. And the rest. I mean, it's still, still 10%, 60,000 people a year. They don't know what the fuck happened to them. That sounds, that, that's crazy. That sounds more reasonable than 600,000 people just disappearing, though. No, well, yeah, I agree with you about that. But still, 60,000 people a What's year. What's the math on that? 60. Oh, 60,000. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's 350 million people in this country, so 10% of them going missing. That makes sense. I mean, there's and still there's still a lot of human trafficking no, going with on. No, with no fucking, uh, especially like hunter, like people who are really skilled out in the wilderness, like hunters, they don't even find their equipment. Yeah, dude. I'm I guarantee you, it's all bears. It, how a bear's eating the crossbows and the guns and shit like that? No, 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 no. They're eating the people. The people are running off. And then, dude, the forest is big. You know I what I mean? That. Yeah, oh, it's hard to find shit in the forest. What does that have to do with bears eating? I, I don't understand what you're trying well, to say. Well, you said what? What they they eat the crossbows and stuff like that? Well, no, maybe not. Maybe, but maybe the person was running bleeds out in some part of the forest that other people just aren't in. No. A good a majority of people that are found dead dead wise are actually found in areas <laughs> dead wise. <laughs> they're actually found in areas that have been previously searched. And yeah, I don't know if you have you, you ever well? been part of a search and rescue out in the wilderness, but they yeah. they they really um, yeah. It's a bunch of dudes with flashlights, dude. They uh, can, they can miss shit. They can miss no, shit all the time. No, you're 100% wrong. They actually have a process for it. and They don't they have, have flashlights? No, they do have... <laughs> oh, you're fucking with me now, bro. <laughs> they, there's a whole process to it. Um, and they have, like, specific zones. They, they, I'm trying to think. I couldn't explain it right now. But they search specific zones, and they know how they search it out with what they leave behind. It's hard, it's hard to explain. Yeah. I'm and not going to get into it. All of them are perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not going to get yeah. into it because I can't explain it. You probably miss it because there's a lot of forest. You know, it's a big forest. I don't know. I don't big, know, bro. Lots of woods, bro. You know. Um, and bears, dude. They, one thing they do, they found a lot of people naked, and I don't know if you ever had, ever had hypothermia, but it makes you feel hot. It makes you want to take all your clothes off. So that's why. Oh. That's why. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it just gets worse when you take off your clothes, so it's pretty it's scary. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's not good. You're so cold you start taking off all your clothes. Damn. Yeah. So that's uh, why they just they get discovered naked. Last week you tried telling me that they were abducted by aliens. <laughs> well, I did not say all this. Yeah, you Hold did. On. Last week you were like, What? They're just found naked. And it's no, like you, you no. insinuate Yeah, yeah. You were insinuating that these people were abducted by aliens and the aliens took all their clothes, probed them, and then just threw them back out into the forest. No, that's not what I said. Yeah, it is. That sounds like a crazy man saying that. That's not what I said. <laughs> what did you say then? I said there's people that are, aren't found with their equipment, aren't found whatsoever. There's a lot of people that are found. I'm talking about the aliens adopting people that, are, that aren't that are actually found. And they they take them off to wherever. They probably just got eaten. They're not eaten. Why? How do you know? I don't, I, I, because they're adopted by aliens. You think it's more likely that they're abducted by aliens than getting lost or eaten by animals? I'm not saying there's more of a chance for that. 
I'm saying I'm not saying there's a not a chance for them getting eaten by a bear, but there's still going to be some type of remains behind, like clothing or their equipment or something. I'm talking about the cases where they haven't found anything whatsoever, and they have searched places like constantly. So that's all I'm saying. It's it's just weird. Someone's weird. And alien adoption sounds like the m- most legit case for me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just the idea that alien abductions make the most sense for that, for why people are going missing, I think it's just a funny statement. Or it could be human trafficking, but I don't like to think about that stuff. Like for somebody like me who doesn't believe in alien abductions, it's funny to me to think that like the most logical thing would be, oh, well, aliens took them instead of like they just died and, you know, fell into a giant, you know, I, you know, maybe they fell into a bunch of ivy, you know, ivy, like maybe they fell into a bunch of ivy and they got covered up by all the leaves and then never found. And then all, because they're out in the wilderness, they decompose much faster because of all the bugs and stuff. And then animals came over and chewed up their legs and shit. I mean, I'm not saying that's not possible. Right. No, I get that. But you're saying but it's more likely that of... aliens, you're saying it's more likely that aliens that abducted them. That doesn't happen all within a month. And there's search rescues that happen within Bro, a maybe week. Maybe they just missed them in the search, you know? Like, how big is the search? Are they searching all the it's, woods? It, it varies. Yeah. Well, how about the people that go off, That especially like hunters, that yeah. know what the fuck they're doing yeah. and have been doing it for years on end, Yeah. that go off and don't ever come back. Yeah, and well, they don't even go off that far. They apparently they didn't know what they were doing. Or they got too cocky. They're like, I can make this branch. And then they missed it, banged their head knocked unconscious a bear gets him drags him off back to her baby cubs a mile away and then they all feast on his body i'm not saying that's not possible Let's right just that you're just saying it's and more keep likely in mind, that... a lot of wilderness ones that there, where there are no bear no bears so, there's no bear a lot of especially southern well, what about wolves or coyotes no Maybe coyotes. Coyotes would eat up a, a dead body. Coyotes and bobcats would probably, like, especially down in like, uh, oh, New Mexico. Yeah, bobcat will fuck you up. I'm not saying there's not bear at all, but I know yeah, there's... I'm not saying there's bears. I'm not saying there's not. I'm not saying there's not aliens. I'm just saying I find it more likely that a animals, you know, consume somebody than a aliens abducted. Of, a lot of people, bro. Yeah, but wouldn't somebody have seen the uh, the alien? No. No? They materialize out of consciousness, so I don't think they would ever see them. Well, that's a big statement. <laughs> they materialize out of consciousness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think aliens prey? To elaborate. Why do you think aliens prey on people who are out in the wilderness? Because there's no one else fucking around, bro. But don't you think they would have the technology to abduct anybody yeah. from any place? Yeah. If they're in, a, if they're if they're popping in and out of consciousness, why wouldn't they be able to just appear right next to me in my basement because, and just abduct because, me? Because there'll be people like you who will say, "Oh, they just got eaten by a bear." Versus if you got abducted in your house in the middle of the city, they'd be like, "Okay, with all surveillance cameras around and all, they won't even see you leave your house." Like, there's a lot of that. They'll just like, say what's missing. That, They'll just say, "Well, he probably just took off and went no to Mexico." Fucking, no fucking way, dude. What do you mean no way? If, if you go missing in your house, you're going to have every police agency on fucking cameras throughout the whole neighborhood Dude, trying to figure out. who do you think I am? The president's daughter, bro? I'm just a fucking guy. I'm just a well, mailman. Even if he was your child, you would do everything in your power to make sure to figure out what the fuck happened. Yeah. If your child got adopted yes. out of your house, yes. 
how the hell do you explain that? I'd fucking go looking for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. But if but you you would probably be arrested. You and you, you and your wife would probably be arrested. For what? And I'm not, this is well because your child went missing. And Why I, would I'm I not, be arrested? Because there's no like okay. If a child goes missing, I yeah. guarantee you, if you're a good investigator, especially in Philadelphia, and I met some good ones, they will go through every goddamn surveillance camera in the area yeah. to, to, to see if they see your child leaving at that time. Right. Okay? Okay. And then they can go as far... Do we... When I worked at Parks, they went as far as looking at the cameras on the fucking... All the, all, all the toll booths, everything like that. Like they went out that far. I saw how serious I got. Like right. we had pictures from uh, license plates from toll, toll booths, and that's wow. at the casino. So right. they they it was very extensive some of the investigations, and I, right. and I will say, okay. a lot of the investigations, especially for missing children, would be very intense. So that's why I think all this shit happens in woods because you can easily explain it away as a bear eating them, and that's that. So. Whereas if you get adopted in the city, there's gonna be a lot of ways to figure out. Okay, this guy really fucking disappeared. Like, what the fuck happened? You know what I mean? But there are people who go missing from cities all the time. I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you that on that. Do you not think that those are aliens? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Hmm. It's very interesting. To think about that. Very interesting. <laughs> If you got abducted, what do you think it, you would it, do? It, an issue. Hold on, real quick. Another issue is the time of it being reported. Uh huh. If it's a child, there's a good chance of it, it being reported very quickly. Right. If it's an adult that gets lost or missing, goes missing, you're not probably here for maybe a month or so. And yeah, nobody gives a shit about adults. Yeah. yeah. And then you, at that point, you really can't go back on surveillance cameras because most most of them will have a storage past thirty right. days. So. Right. But uh, if I was abducted, bro, is that what you're asking? Yeah, I don't know. You would just go with it? I would be asking questions, and I would be like the annoying child in the back seat. There's a song called Spaceman by the Killers. Okay. It's about this guy who wants to like get off the earth, very much like you. I, I literally think the song is about you. And uh, there's this one line in there where he says, um, I forget exactly what it was, but he's like, I just wanted to like you know get out into the universe and then he said and then they cut me open and then i changed my mind <laughs> and i was just thinking like what if they cut you open to like kind of dissect your body bro what do you think about that is it is it being numb to like am i experiencing pain i don't remember that line in the song uh here's the thing bro uh -huh. if i'm gonna get adopted okay all right and they look humanoid to me I'm going to ask a lot of questions because I'm going to be like, okay, is this the fucking government? You know what I mean? Like, is this the government adopting people? Because there actually is stuff in declassified files on the government's website claiming that the government has a agency that actually does this type of stuff separately from all the alien shit you do. Okay. All right. Alien shit that's out there. Okay. And I would, I would be... Because they could easily, if you think about it with the way Hollywood is, and if you have the fucking money, you can easily fake an alien abduction. Okay? Okay. You imagine you're in a room and, like, you're looking around and, like, you see humanoid beings in, like, suits, and you don't know if they're fucking human or not. Right. 
are they talking to me telepathically? Are they talking to me verbally? How how like what what type of adoption is it? For me? No, for me. Like how am I being are they talking to me telepathically? Does it matter? I don't know. Well, it does cuz if they're talk if they're talking to me telepathically, that means there's definitely some type of technology or whatever that they're using to to communicate with me. Now, let's say they're talking out of like these little what? Like that, like they're like a little. They got like five lips. But they're speaking. They're speaking English. No, why would they speak English, dude? They're fucking aliens. So they're just like, just gibberish. Like that. So it's just all gibberish. Yeah, dude. Here's the lyrics to the song I was talking about. Ready for this? this? Is the first verse. Okay. It started with a low light. Next thing I know, they ripped me from my bed, and then they took my blood type. Left a strange impression in my head. You know that I was hoping that I could leave the star-crossed world behind. But then they cut me open. I guess that changed my mind. And you know I might have just flown too far from the floor this time. Because they're calling me by my name. And the zipping white light beams disregards the bombs and satellites. Fuck. That was the turning point. That was one lonely night. And then the chorus. The star maker says it ain't so bad. The dream maker is going to make you mad. The spaceman says, everybody look down. It's all in your mind. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Well, now I'm back at home, and I'm looking forward to this life I live. You know it's going to haunt me, so hesitation to this life I give. You think I might cross over. You're caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. You better look it over before you make that leap. I don't know the rest of this, but at least that very... Is this about who? Huh? What is this by the killers? You said yeah, it's by the killers. But that first, that first part where he's like, uh, you know, but then they cut me open. I guess that changed my mind. It just made me laugh out loud as I was listening to it. I mean, if they're cut me open and I'm not feeling pain, and they gotta do what they gotta do, that's fair. It's fine. Um, if they're taking my dick off, I'm gonna be pretty pissed off. Um, Dude, they would definitely analyze that, though. You know what I mean? Like you're definitely losing that. You don't think you're losing that? I don't think I would lose. Why would oh, they want to lose bro, it? Oh, bro, you're so losing it. Because they want to. You're not even explaining what type of adoption this is. Am I coming back? Am I gone forever? Like, coming what's going back on? where? Where would you come back to? Back to my camping. Oh site. yeah, I, I, they'd probably drop you off after after they're done with you. So I'd be dropped off without without yeah. ten, tentacles. I mean, uh, testicles. Tentacles. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they give you new ones, dude. I don't know. Maybe they in inject their own DNA into your testicles. You ever think about that? Okay, well, <laughs> that sounds crazy. That'd be pretty cool, though. I would have to find a host as soon as possible after that. A host, one. you have to stop calling women hosts. Okay, I'm trying Sorry. to help you. But anyway, I watched this documentary. It's called "Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind." contact has begun it's by dr stephen greer is actually a pretty cool documentary i'm skeptical of the guy uh i don't know what to think about it but he has you know thing it's bad he... when you're skeptical <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> it's it's not it's bad when jimmy's skeptical of it <laughs> it's just like i'm not about the spiritual stuff but it seemed very legit oh man so there's protocols in the in the he, that they made up cf ce5 protocols okay oh shit and, and it's it's pretty much explaining how humans could telepathically contact 
aliens or UFOs or by sending out some type of quote-unquote vectors that draw the spacecraft into the human's exact location. Oh, yeah, okay. Dude. So I need to meditate, you're saying, and I could call a spaceship into my well, basement? They were, exactly. Well, they were doing this, and they were getting footage from this, and they were getting footage of UFOs and stuff happening as they were doing this stuff. You just now, need some monk music. Right. Um, and they were getting footage of entities appearing next to them, like, briefly, too. It was kind of... That was wild, too. Um, and they were pretty much talking about the interconnectedness of all things. So I don't know if you ever heard of quantum quantum entanglement. If you're listening um, right now, this is the chance. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath and open they, your mind. They're claiming that the universe is there's an interconnectedness of all things in the universe that are conscious specifically conscious and they think that we could vector alien consciousness and draw them into wherever we are now they think that the aliens aren't coming from actual different planets but from different uh realities i would say but in oh, the same yeah, dude. bro i'm definitely they're definitely coming to my basement any minute keep going um so they're saying that these things are materializing. They can materialize. That's how they are able to travel across Holy the universe. They shit. can materialize in and out of current space and time. Oh my god! You know what, dude? I'm just gonna accept everything you're telling me. Go ahead. Well, this the travel part is the consciousness, the high consciousness. Dude, what are you doing? And about I don't that? know. So, the, and I've seen it in the, in the chat. I don't know if anyone's seen the ending of the hundred, the TV show. But it, it reminds me of that in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but let me just move on. Okay, so let's just say. So talk to me about the the meditating part, because that's what we're that's what we're going through right now on the podcast. Well, I don't know the protocols. I don't know the C C E five protocols. I don't know them exactly. There's okay. some type of heavy meditation and protocols that oh, you have yeah. to abide by. We're going through it right now. What? We're going through it right now. You want to go through the protocols? No, we're going through it. I, we're already going through it right now on the show. What? I just keep talking, bro. The, no, there's this specific, yeah, specific... I can't even talk right now. I'm kind of all, all over the place. But uh, let me pull up the protocols. Bro, I'm, yeah, pull, pull them up, bro. Because I'm about to summon some aliens right now, dude. I'm well, not well, even joking. You're not emotionally in touch with yourself, so you want to be able to. Bro, get out of my life right now, dude. You don't know what I'm <laughs> listening to right now, okay? Uh, you're funny, dude. Breathe in. All right, here, here's the protocols. All right, you ready for this? Breathe in. Breathe out. Go ahead, Jimmy. Give me the protocols. Okay, locate and designate an appropriate spot for your CE5. Do okay? it. Yeah. yeah, it has to be a quiet spot or a remote spot in your home or outdoors. Okay, I'm in it. Preferably away from the city. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it's saying. Yeah, they want to avoid all the cameras, dude. I get it. Um, so that's the first part. Second step. There's five steps. Go ahead. Sorry. Second step is prepare yourself for meditation. I'm fucking prepared, baby. You prepared? All right. Your third step is meditation, and you got to instate your intentions. 
I'm with Daniel. Meditation lasts for about 20 minutes. Fuck, I gotta do this for 20 minutes? It, I don't think the song be, is that long. It could be guided or in silence. Let me start it over. I know. Remove all thoughts and worries of the day. And this is going on, on for another 40 minutes. We got plenty of time here, guys. Go ahead. Good. Jimmy, say that part again. What do I have to do? Remove all random thoughts and worries of the day and focus random on Random thoughts? Me? All right. Let's do it. Yeah. It's going to be hard for you, I'm bro. Ready. Let me put my hood up. You, you should be centered and focused on one thing. Your heart should be full of love, peace, calmness, joy, happiness, and cosmic expansion in the universe. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm ready for all that. The mood should be upbeat, happy, joyous, and peaceful. Okay. I'm all step, set. Step four. Okay. Ready? Yep. Focus on your heart center. Mentally project your peaceful intentions and invite and then invite that those intentions out into the cosmos. Say that again. <laughs> Uplifting, Jimmy. Good. Focus on your heart center. Got it. Mentally project your peaceful intentions and invitation out into the cosmos. Okay, I'm doing it. After your meditation, focus on your heart center. Okay, you ready for this? this is the fun part. Okay, I'm ready. Mentally or telepathically project your intentions with friendship and love and ask those ETs to join you or meet you halfway in the effort to help heal yourself, humanity, and pretty much any type of virtual or spiritual experience. Okay. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm doing it. You can you can tell them you're you can tell them. Like, I don't know if this is gonna work or not. I just want everybody to be aware of this. Okay, this is serious. Okay. Now what? Okay. Project your location if you wish. So you can project your location as uh, Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> they know our cities. Shit. Okay. You can project it through the, uh, okay, so imagine, like, you're out in space, and then kind of picture yourself as a Google map, zooming out from out of space. Oh, okay, I, I can do that. To Philadelphia, okay? And project that to the ETs. Okay. Have you projected your intentions with sincerity? I'm dead ass serious, yes. Okay. Your your mind is clear of random thoughts and fears. No random thoughts. I ain't even afraid. You are open to telepathic message, visual responses, and any unusual or unearthly sounds. Give me that force Skype right now. Yes. Okay. So here's with all this. Now we're supposed to the next step, step five. You're supposed to scan this, the skies for ET craft or visual phenomena. Fuck, I'm in okay. my basement, dude. You won't be able to do that because you're in your basement. I'm in However, my basement, bro. Big, and you guys won't believe me on this. If there are a UFO sightings in, in Philadelphia tonight, we know why. It was me. Yes. It's because I did that shit. Okay. Bro, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I feel way more connected to the universe right now. 
I can't even tell if you're joking with me anymore. I'm dead ass serious. I feel way more connected to the universe right now. I also feel much calmer. I actually think I accidentally did a little meditation there. Well, that's what it was supposed to be about. Oh. You might get this, bro. You might you might get this after hours or your next day during the day. It doesn't matter. I just hope I don't get fired for it. I don't think you'll get fired for it unless you get adopted for a little bit. Yeah, they'll be like, "You're wasting time." I'm like, "Damn." They'll be like, "They'll be like, what happened? Why? Why, why were you gone for two hours? I got, I got abducted by aliens." They'll say that's a time wasting activity. Fuck. You're right. <laughs> so the, the sixth step would be to write down your experience or journal your experience and debrief, pretty much. And debrief who? Well, everybody on the on this uh, live stream, I guess. Oh. Oh, um, uh, says CE5 protocols do not include mind altering substances of any kind. So, oh, I drank. <laughs> Apparently, beings wow, of higher consciousness wow. know if you're uh, intoxicated. So, I messed it up, dude. The ETs were like, Who's this drunk asshole? No. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, my God. Well, Tracting. And vibrating towards these beings of I was vibrating just fine on alcohol. Come on. You might, you might be. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I have no idea either. This Whatever. Reading through this is like pretty legit. <laughs> this is like I'm actually really much enjoying it. This reminds me of when Zach tried to tell me how to astral project. Well, that that's some of that's in here too. Because oh, yeah? that's what they say astro projecting is showing these ETs where you're at exactly. Oh, and that's shit. Why, yeah. So that, that's like a big deal. Is that when they pull you out of your body? Yeah, they pull you out of your body up to their spacecraft, and you can see the whole the whole world. It's pretty wild. Yeah, dude, I'm not trying to astro project. Now, of all seriousness, though, bro. Yeah. So you know how you're in a city right now and all that? I so am. So one the guy was uh, – now this is just a, one of the stories on there. One guy, they were out in the wilderness somewhere, and yeah. the guy was from, I think, Albuquerque. Albuquerque? Albuquerque! Like, city. Right? Do you remember that song by Weird Al Yankovic about Albuquerque? No, I don't. I got to listen <laughs> to that again, dude. That song was awesome. Good. Um, But he accidentally projected that he was from that city, right? Yeah. And there ended up being UFO sightings. A whole bunch that same night that they did that. Damn. Because they they proje he projected himself in the city first because that's where he was from. But they well they went there first and then came to to where their spot was. Why don't they? Why why isn't why aren't there people actual projecting all the time? Apparently the 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 state of consciousness is very important. The state of meditation is very important. So it's hard but to get into that. They're, they're saying that most highly advanced non-human beings are telepathic or of consciousness of some sort. They're not – the technology is not really like futuristic stuff that we see. It's more of like spiritual. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, and they can feel your intentions. So staying heart-centered is very – staying heart-centered and sincere is very important. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if there were any aliens, bro, they would have been violent with us already. Yeah, they're very they subtle. Have, 
they have held a lot of restraint with us. Let's just put it that way. They're very subtle. Yeah. As Elon but, Musk was saying, they're very subtle. Yes. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that was part of that. Well, great. Okay. Well, thank it's, you for but, walking us through that. I very much enjoyed going off into another dimension during this podcast. And uh, I'm totally open to that at some other time, too. It was very fun. Um, why don't we go ahead and wrap this baby up? Okay. Um, that was an interesting segment. What? I liked it, bro. When you listen to it, I don't think you even listen to the podcast. I don't think anybody listens to the podcast. I do listen to it. If you get to this section, though, you should laugh out loud, at least for the first couple of seconds. Okay. Because it's pretty funny, I think. To me, it's funny. Keep your, um, eye, keep your uh, eyes open. That's all I could say. Uh, keep my eyes open? Yeah. Are you threatening me? <laughs> no, I'm just saying for any type of oh. con- contact. Oh. Actually, I should take that back. I got to stop saying nobody's listening to this. One, yeah, you got people two, listening to it. Three. There's three people in the chat that I know for sure. At the very most, there's 12 people who listen to this podcast. So, I mean, that's... It's pretty good. Yeah, it's perfect. It is perfect. Uh, Jesus had 12 followers, if you believe in Jesus. That's true. You know what that means? He had a big dong. No, it it means somebody's (laughs) about to betray us. Oh. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Not your final answer? (laughs) No, I I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) <laughs> okay I uh, uh this has been the red spartan halo podcast i am daddy tracks you can find me everywhere at daddy tracks um make sure you download our podcast on itunes or spotify or whatever app you want to leave a review on your platform if you can um we are doing well we are growing we are expanding we are gaining new listeners apparently um so that is pretty exciting it is estimated that our audience is 19 people jimmy nice very nice which is up by one from last week um that's that's fantastic and we have 414 total plays when we get to a thousand total plays i think we'll do something special i i cannot wait i have something special on my personal side but i'll tell you that later our first episode has 77 plays was that our our worst one the one we did yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much our, pretty much our, pretty much our worst episode. Oh my god! Oh boy! Does that terrify you? Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's kind of like what I'm sad about is like the people like the most, the most viewed episodes are our worst ones. So part of me wants to like almost like go back and delete them. I, we won't do that, but. I don't know. Don't delete them. Nah, don't I won't, delete them. Bro. I won't delete them. But maybe I'll download them and get them fixed up or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe. we just re-record them. We, <laughs> we just take down everything we said and just redo it. We could record all of them. <laughs> I don't know if I'm so up for that. That so silly. <laughs> that would sound so funny if we, like, we went on a script from our first episode of what we're talking about. <laughs> I gotta so go back and listen to it because I'm pretty sure it's god awful, dude. I'm pretty sure it's god awful. Oh my god. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. 
I was ending this. So go ahead, Jimmy. I'm going to try and end it right at the two hour mark. So you got a minute you to could, plug yourself. You got, you could find me on TikTok at never stop exploring. And when we hit 10,000 followers, I will be doing a national pa uh, park pass giveaway to a lucky follower or three or 10. I'm not sure how many yet. Whoa, so that sounds tuned. amazing. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned if you want your national park pass. Uh, never stop exploring on TikTok. Go follow him. All right. For Jimmy, I am Daddy Tracks, and this has been an episode of the Red Spartan Halo podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim, what do you say when you end your TikToks? You say much, I, much I say love? Deuce. Oh, I say, yeah, I do say much. Much love. Much love. Go ahead, say it. Go ahead, say it. Dude, did you ruin your microphone? I'll say it for him. He says, much love. And I will say, I love you all. I will see you next week. <laughs> if you want to say it now, you can. It's just the outro. Much song. love. Much love. <laughs>